Well, good morning again, everyone. My name is Amy, and I'm the executive pastor here at Incarnation. And I love Palm Sunday. Um, it's just good to be worshiping together on this first Sunday of Holy Week. And this Sunday is also the only time in the church year that we have two gospel readings. We have the one that we just read at the beginning where we hear how Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. And then we have one at the very end of the service where we will hear about when Jesus is led out of the city to his crucifixion. But I'm gonna to talk today about that first story, the one we call the triumphal entry. And as I was choosing the art for this Sunday's service, I was really struck by, um, particularly in some of the older and more traditional works, the ways that the donkey was uh, portrayed in this story and in the way that painters have captured it. And so we're actually gonna start there. We're gonna start with a little bit of art. Now, the art that I chose as our main image for this Sunday is not traditional Palm Sunday art at all, but I also love um, putting us in contact with the way Jesus is imagined in different cultures and different contexts. And so this one comes to us from India and the donkey in this image is blue, which is pretty cool, but it's not really what I wanna talk about. So I'm gonna um, click through a couple of paintings and just point out a few things for us as we get started. And kids, if you are listening, I would love for you to look at these paintings with us to see what you notice. And then whenever you would like to, to make your own artwork about this story, there are so many details to capture. So let's get started. Now this is sort of a traditional Palm Sunday painting. And in these traditional ones, the donkeys are portrayed with a certain dignity. They're portrayed like an animal that has some sense of who it is that is riding on them. Almost like they wanna to rise to the occasion for this moment. And so this one comes to us from a cathedral in France and it's a fresco, meaning it's plaster painted on a wall. You can actually kind of see the bricks up at the top of the painting um, if you look closely at your screen. And I want you to notice, where is the light coming from in this painting? It seems like it's coming from the very bottom. It seems like it's almost shining up. And as a result, what is the brightest thing in this painting? It's that little baby donkey down there in the center. The brightest thing is the one that is lowest to the ground, this little foal. And if you were paying really close attention earlier when I read from Mark's gospel, you might be wondering what this foal is doing there because Mark actually doesn't talk about it. But in Matthew's version of the same story, he tells us that the donkey that Jesus tells his disciples to go and untie it actually has a little baby and he tells them to bring him both donkeys and he takes them both into Jerusalem with him. And we don't know from the scripture why he does this, but the early church thought he did this mainly because a little nursing donkey needs its mother to eat and be safe. So it's just a kindness of Jesus to bring this little donkey along with its mother. 
And I think the painting captures something of that, because if you look at that little donkey, it has this kind of timidity to it, but it also looks resolved to follow Jesus where it's going. Both of these donkeys have this very trusting, calm resolve. And if you look at that mother donkey and you look at where its eyes and its ears are pointed, they're directed back at Jesus. They're waiting to hear where to go. They're trusting him for the next step. All right. And then this next one comes to us from a very famous chapel in Italy, a very famous painter named Giotto. And this is one of my favorite paintings of the, the Palm Sunday scene. And there's so much to, uh, to look at and take in here. I love those little guys in the background climbing those skinny trees to break off branches. I love the people in the foreground who are right in the middle of taking their garments off. One of them has it actually over their head to put on the ground. But we're gonna focus again on this donkey. Look at that donkey's face. Is this not the most expressive donkey you have ever seen? Look at those eyes. This donkey, it's hard to know. I'm curious what words you would use to describe how this donkey is feeling or what this donkey is thinking. And especially if you look at the donkey's face and then look at the faces of the crowds and especially the faces of the disciples. If you look at the people and then you look at the donkey, who do you get the sense has a better understanding of who it is that's in their midst, of what is going on, who Jesus is, what he's all about? It looks like the donkey. And there's this wonderful verse in Isaiah's prophecy that says, the donkey knows its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. And we see that right here. We see a donkey that seems to understand where the people don't. And you might notice here, there's a little donkey in this picture too. It's kind of hidden, kind of timid again, but it's there. Well, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen now. That's it for our art. And if you would like to go and uh, make your own picture of this scene, or if you'd like to doodle or sketch, while I'm speaking, you are more than welcome to. I'm just gonna get my screen set up. There we go. Well, that is probably the longest that any of us have ever looked at donkey art. And it's probably the longest that any of us have ever talked about or heard about donkeys in a sermon. But I wanted to look at those paintings because they do such a good job of illustrating what I really want us to see in today's gospel reading. I want us to see how Jesus chooses what is small, what is humble, what is lowly. Do you remember how in that second painting, the light seemed to come up from below so that the thing that was closest to the ground the most humble and small creature in the room is what actually glowed the brightest. Palm Sunday is a story like that. It's a story that is lit from below. It's a story where we see the light of Christ shining most brightly in what is lowly and vulnerable and humble. 
in the praises of children, and in the footsteps of donkeys. And Mark's story begins as Jesus and his disciples are headed into Jerusalem for the Passover. This is the time of year when pilgrims from all over the empire flood into Jerusalem to celebrate. So there are a lot of people on the way. And Jesus has arranged ahead of time to procure a donkey. His disciples go and get it, they bring it to him and he rides in as they walk in. And as they do, they join these throngs of pilgrims who were all coming into Jerusalem at the same time. He's fulfilling this prophecy from Zechariah that says, behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey. And along the way, as they're joined by these other pilgrims, people start to spread their cloaks and these leafy branches, and they start to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest. And these words are from Psalm 118, which is a psalm that they sing every year when they're coming into Jerusalem. It's this psalm of hope, of what they hope will happen. They hope every year, maybe this is the year that the Messiah will come, that we will throw off the Roman emperor, that God will reestablish his throne and his kingdom. And this year, there is this extra hope because they're wondering, is it Jesus? Could Jesus be the Messiah we've been waiting for? Well, there is a lot of irony happening in this story. First of all, there's the irony that the crowds are actually wrong. They're so excited, they're so exuberant, but Jesus is not the Messiah they think he is. He's not coming to establish the kingdom they think he will. The crowds also are going to change their mind about him really quickly. We know that in the span of the week, they will go from crying Hosanna to crying crucify him. But then there's this deeper layer of irony that without knowing they're right, the crowds are also actually right because Jesus is actually a king, just not the kind they were expecting. And he is actually the Messiah, just not the kind that they're expecting. Jesus is here to overthrow the rebellion and the sorrow of the world, not the Roman Empire. And Jesus is here to establish his throne over all of creation, not just Israel. And finally, there's this visual irony to the whole scene, because this ought to be this sort of magnificent fanfare coronation parade welcoming the king to his throne. But it looks pretty ragtag. The king's noble steed is this humble donkey that's brought its child along. And his red carpet is just these cast off cloaks and these trampled palms. And the people who are praising him are about to abandon him. So we always call this story the triumphal entry, but the way Mark tells the story is not that triumphal. It's very humble, it's very lowly. Jesus just refuses to be spectacular here. And that's why this story is 
like I said earlier, lit from below. The light of Christ here is choosing to shine in what is most lowly. And so as we contemplate that, I want to read again the section where Mark talks about the donkey. Reading from Mark 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. What could that mean? Because Jesus Christ is the word of God by whom all things, every atom, every creature in the universe was made. And yet he has need of this donkey? This certainly can't mean that he needs it in the way that we need things. It can't mean that God's hands are tied or that he's dependent on this donkey to do what he wants to do. Not at all. But it means that God has decided that he is not going to restore his creation apart from his creation. He's going to enter into his creation and use the raw material of the world to redeem the world. He's not going to wipe humans out and start from scratch. He's going to become human. He will enter into the story and pull us into it too. He will use us. He will use our lives. He will use the things that feel vulnerable and frail and small and humble. He'll use whatever our tattered cloaks are, whatever our humble little branches are. He'll use our praises even when we misunderstand and we get it wrong. He will use us. And it's not just true of us, it's true of all creation. The Lord who made it all will use it all. He will step into it all so he can redeem it all. And that's what that passage that Eva Elizabeth read from Philippians is saying earlier, saying that even though Jesus is God, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. This entire gospel story is lit from below. And it shines most brightly in what is most lowly. The king of the universe on a donkey and God on a cross. Let's pray. Father, would you open our eyes to see your grace, to see you at work in our lives this week. We offer ourselves to you. Amen. Now we'll go into a time of silence. <clears throat>